Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I am so excited because even though in these uncertain times, I have reached out to a few people from a very popular show called Love is Blind. And this is our official first interview for the series, the Love is Blind series that will take place over a few weeks. So I hope you guys enjoy. Our first lovely guest is Danielle, and she is going to tell us all about her experience on Love is Blind, and we're going to get to know her a lot better. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Hey, thank you so much, Erin. I'm so happy to be the first one. I didn't know I was the first Love is Blind guest. That's awesome. Yes, you are the first one. And I'm just so excited for my audience to get to know you. We're going to dive deep into everything about you and what you're looking for in a partner and all of that good stuff. So let's dig in. I want to first start out by having you just explain who you are, kind of where you came from, a little bit about your upbringing, maybe your childhood, what shaped you into the person that you are today before we talk about your Love is Blind experience. Yeah, of course. So it's funny, you know, you ask me those kinds of questions because that's actually what we had to go through when we were going through our casting phase. Everyone was a little bit different, but for most people, it was a few months at least. For me, I think I went through casting for about five months And, I mean, these people want to know everything about your life. So I had to give them a full breakdown on, you know, where I grew up as a kid, you know, what's my religious background, how many siblings do I have, how was my parents' relationship, you know, so on and so forth. They got it all from you. Psych evaluations, doctor's appointments. You had to write a book about your life, basically. Wow. It was crazy because, I mean, they're truly trying to find your match for you, right? So they're not just pairing people up in this house that they don't think have, you know, any chance of actually lasting. Like, there was a huge science behind this. That being said, (laughs) (laughs) so I grew up in New England. So um, I'm from Massachusetts, this little town called Phillipson that most people have never heard of, but it's about an hour outside of Boston. So definitely grew up a northern girl. Um, I come from a big family big crazy family we're not Italian but if you can imagine like a crazy Italian family that's us seriously it was never a dull moment growing up you know I have five siblings and uh, my parents own a restaurant so and they own a catering company so of course they dragged us all into the family business we always had a million friends over and there was always so much food like we always had an overabundance of food so everyone was always at our house you know all of our friends about eight years ago I moved to Atlanta so I was in my early 20s I basically needed a change of scenery I never liked the cold I always hated it so I was like why am I living up here in all this snow right so I was like, <laughs> let me move somewhere warm <laughs> I actually had no plan I like didn't know anybody in Atlanta I didn't have any connections I didn't have a job lined up I was just like packed my car and I was like I'll figure it out <laughs> I love that so, that's awesome yeah it was honestly like this random decision that I felt so good about it. I don't even I, to tell you the truth like it's so random I don't even know how I ended up in Atlanta but it was for the best because mm-hmm. I feel like my life truly started for myself when I moved there because before like my vision of myself was you know my family and everything I do with my family and all this stuff going on with my family business and I feel like a lot of that consumes you and even though I love it I was like exploring all these new things about myself when I moved to Atlanta trying to find your identity yes exactly I was trying to find Danielle right Mm -hmm. so I did 
I did move there to pursue modeling a little bit more. You know, I was doing it in Boston because I've been modeling for quite a while now, and I know that Atlanta had a pretty good commercial market, and I was still, you know, popping in and out of New York, working in New York, but I just basically wanted to rebase myself somewhere warm. So I started doing that, and for love history, I've had a pretty crazy <laughs> roller coaster. So when I was in Massachusetts, you know, I had two serious long relationships like um, they were both over three years and after the last one that's when I moved to Atlanta I was you know trying to find myself again and you know I had um I started dating a little bit and then I met this one guy who was great and you know we were I thought he was at least and we dated for almost two years but that didn't work out. He ended up being pretty controlling and, you know, he was a little, you know, mentally abusive and he was just, it, it wasn't a healthy relationship. And after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be single the rest of my life. I'm done. Right? <laughs> That's kind of how I lived my life for, you know, up until Love is Blind, basically. You know, I would casually date because I wasn't 100% against it, but I was definitely not looking for it. I, I'm very happy alone, and, you know, I'm very independent. I have a big friend circle, so I didn't feel like I was needing that in my life at the time. I was like, if the right person you know, stumbles along. That is the best attitude to have. Yeah, I mean, I was trying. I guess I was just trying to be, you know, optimistic and positive because everything else just, before, like I could get, I could talk about, you know, crappy relationships forever, but no one wants to hear that negativity. So I was trying to start on a new leaf, you know. Around the time, maybe like six months before, I even, you know, heard about the Love is Blind. Wanting to get back into the dating scene, and I had never done Tinder, I've never done a dating app, like I've never done that before. So I started kind of like, you know, being more open to the idea through friends and people I've met, and it was just going horrible. And I connect with people pretty easily, but I just felt like, you know, the whole dating scene is just, I, I don't even understand it anymore. Because, I, like I said, I've never been that social media person. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people have these, like, facades now, right? Everybody has this character of themselves that's not truly themselves. And everyone has these walls up and everyone's guarded. And also people want to keep their options open now. So no one is being vulnerable. It's really hard to connect with people when I can tell that, you know, I can, it's just so surface level. It was shallow and I, that's just not the kind of relationship I was looking for. And, you know, six months later, fast forward, I get this random DM in my Instagram from this casting person and they're like, hey, I was just checking out your profile and thought you might be interested in this opportunity, blah, 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 this dating show big network, here's my cell phone number, give me a call if you're interested. And I was like, I thought this was some kind of scam. Right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, didn't, I didn't trust it. I was like, I don't know what this is. So mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I ignored it. And I didn't even message back. And crazy enough, are you familiar? I'm sure you are, but because Kinetic, the, the company who does Love is Blind, also does Married, Married at First Sight. Sight. Yes, you, yes. Yes. So... My sister, she was on the spinoff show of Married at First Sight called Second, Second Chances. Second Chances, yeah. Yes. I don't know if you saw the season with David, but my sister Brittany, she was on that. It's crazy. It's so crazy. It, I think it was maybe two years or a little bit shy of two years before I had got contacted when she had done that show. 
So later that day, my sister calls me up and she's like, hey, I have this really great opportunity for you. The people who casted me, they contacted me and they asked me if you would be interested because they saw my profile since they knew my sister. They were like, hey, do you know, your, do you think your sister would be interested? So she was like, you need to message them back. It's legit. They're good people. Like, I think it would be a good opportunity for you. This sounds like the real deal. Okay. So I took my sister's advice because, you know, she was like, she kind of gave me the go ahead and I was like, all right, it's not sketchy. It's real. <laughs> so let me just see what this person has to say. Yeah. You know? How exciting. Mm-hmm. So they gave me a brief little, like, rundown when I talked to them on the phone. And, you know, they didn't get into everything yet. But basically, they kind of were like, hey, this is, like, a whole new concept. And it hit me close because everything they were saying was, you know, the way social media has changed dating and how people aren't truly connecting anymore. And we're trying to get down to, you know, the root of that. We want people to truly find love for who they are, you know, not because of, stereotypes or because how much money they make or what they look like and I was like I love that like sign me up (laughs) I was all in before I even knew I you know anything yet like if you get married at the end or you know yeah I would be too I mean I think it's just such an ideal way to date I used to be a dating coordinator And, you know, back then, (laughs) I'm dating myself, but I was in my 20s. I'm, you know, 41 now. So this was 20 years ago. But back then, you know, It's Just Lunch was really big and that you just met in person and had like a quick lunch together and just saw if there was like a connection. But obviously, it's still going to be based on looks and, you know, the physicality and all of that. It's not going to be what Love is Blind was, which is just getting to know someone based on who they really are. And you're hoping that they're going to be true to what they say, right? And that they're not yes. they're not putting on a front or anything like that. We can talk about that for sure because I think that's one of the questions that a lot of my listeners have was, are they building this whole like image of themselves that isn't who they truly are? They wanted to make sure that they were putting real people in the show because like you said, a lot of people, they could have been putting up a front for TV. They could have been, you know, just telling the world or telling, you know, everyone else whatever they wanted to hear, right? But they did a really good job at sorting through all of these individuals and picking the right ones for the show, the people who were really, really wanting to find love. Oh, I love that. They really were taking it seriously. And it just, it showed in the show, I felt. You know, it really felt real. And people were being very vulnerable and honest. When you started the pod dates, can you kind of explain the process? I know there's some things you can't talk about, which is totally fine. But you're in Atlanta and you're all together. And do you just have these meetings to discuss like what is going to happen? And are you briefed at all? Or are you just kind of thrown in? <laughs> to be honest, we were just kind of thrown in. Oh, right? wow. So the first day that we got there, course we were separated so one by one all of the girls were showing up right mm-hmm. and this wasn't at the facility yet this was at like a, a pre-facility facility right okay and we were basically just all meeting for the first time and the first girl that I met was Jessica right oh. and I was like oh my gosh this is real okay because I was the first one there and then I was like I don't even know what to expect I was so nervous and then I met Jessica and you know we hit it off right away she was just so sweet and after that I was just like okay we're in this together right and one by one all the girls came and we're all in the same boat like we didn't know what to expect we didn't know what to pack you know 
know, they didn't give you too much, just basic kind of guidelines for clothes that don't work on camera, right? We didn't know what to bring. So we got there, and then that's when they kind of debriefed us. We're going to be here for many days, and this is what's going to happen. And they gave us a run of how the dating process was going to go. Still, you know, since we weren't at the facility yet, everything was still very confusing. They just basically told us every day we were going to be going on a series of pod dates. And towards the end of the experiment, the dates would get longer. The numbers of dates that we would go on would be shorter. And ideally, at the end of the experiment, you know, you would only have one person left. And if if you were really feeling like that was the right one, you had the opportunity to propose. So after they debriefed us, I think all of the girls and I were just like, wow, this is actually real. Like, we <laughs> could possibly get married in six weeks or something. That's crazy. Yeah. And then that's when they took our phones. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're like, no. No. It oh. was like, can you remember the last time you've gone that long without your phone, right? Like, Never. Crazy. That was the weirdest thing. And then like, we locked all our phones up, and that was it. Mm. And kind of flash forward to the next day when we arrive at the facility. Um, that's when Nick and Vanessa came in, and they kind of gave us the same spiel, right? And they told us, you're here to find love. You were chosen because you're all ready for the next step in your life, and you're putting yourself out there. And, you know, behind those doors is the men, those 15 men that, you know, they're here for the same reasons you are. And they kind of, like, hyped us up, you know. They're like our hype men, and they gave us that confidence. Got this. Don't worry about it, you know, because we were so nervous. Like, we had no idea what to expect. It was 15 women and 15 men? Total 30? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes, we started off with 15 men and we 15 women. There was actually more from the beginning, but I what? think they did one round of cuts. I think I remember Chris telling us that the creator, he was saying there, I think it was maybe 40 or 50, but then the day before they cut some people, maybe due to, I'm not sure, maybe scheduling or they just, they realized that they weren't the right fit, but there was a round of cuts. And uh, when we got to the facility, there was 15 men and 15 women. That is a lot of people. Okay, good to know. I did not know that. So after that, we kind of just got right to it. You know, that first day was a big day. There was a lot of us, so we had a lot of dates. And the first day, we had to date all 15 men. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Can you imagine that? Like, I'll never forget that, the day that I dated 15 men. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. And and that day was basically like speed dating because we only had seven minutes with each date. And so this is when things get like kind of wild, right? So for me, at least, like feeling real. They opened the door and they were like, okay, you guys, you know, I know you've seen the hallway scene, the hallway. That's where we had to walk down that hallway every time to go into the pods and my first date was at the very end it was pod number one so I had to walk all the way (laughs) to pod number one it was long long walk and I was shaking my hands were shaking it was crazy and then they were like okay pods open and I stepped in and I'm just like what is this you know it's this cute little like lounge room and this big like wavy kind of screen and a cozy little couch and like a little mini bar and the moment I opened the door and I heard Rory's voice he was my first pod date and this 
huge weight just lifted off my shoulders because I was just like so nervous and I didn't know what to expect. And when I heard him, it was just like an instant relief. I was like, okay, like this is real. And he just, he sounded so sweet and so genuine. And I was like, okay, we're in this together. And then after that, you know, I felt so much more comfortable. But Rory and I, honestly, we hit it off right away. Our first date was great. You know, I only had seven minutes, but with dating all 15 guys that day, he was number one on my list. So he made a very big, lasting impression. That's the first time we ever talked. What kind of questions were you guys asking in the very, very beginning? Because what kind of questions do you get right to to kind of weed out those that may not be your match? Well, they gave us the freedom to honestly say whatever we wanted. Because they wanted it to be authentic for each and every one of us. Right. I'm not the kind of person who, like, grills people. So I'll never be like, how much money do you make? What do you do for a living? You know, what's your religion? That's just not (laughs) my way. A lot of girls have a checklist. And a lot of girls have, like, you know, I won't won't date anybody if they're, they're this or that. And for me, I truly am all about connections and just vibes right and like how do how do I connect with someone and then we kind of figure out those things slowly as it goes on so I honestly I don't even remember what we talked about our first date I think I was just like hey how are you you know (laughs) break the ice yeah I think the first thing we might have talked about was animals you know animal lovers we both have dogs and um simple stuff like that that is like a must for me you have to like animals you don't like animals, then it's not going to work. <laughs> do you have a dog? I do, yes. His name is Santiago. He's a little, <laughs> he's a little butt. So you have this initial connection with Rory, and then you go on and have 14 more seven-minute dates that day? Yes. Oh, my I God. Was. And, you know, it's funny. After that point, I was comparing them all to Rory, right? Of course. So, because it was so good. I was like, wow. I was. I couldn't believe that I just had such a great, authentic seven-minute date with this guy. And then after that, like, of course, every great conversation with everyone, but it's so fast to kind of really get to know people. But um, I had my own kind of, like, ranking sheet. I was going to do, like, this five-star ranking thing. That's smart. For some people, it's hard to remember. Yes. You know, I wrote down some notes that I could remember about them, and then I really wanted to go off of that feeling. Like, what kind of feeling did they give me Mm -hmm. for impression? So I would just give people uh star ranking i know that sounds crazy but no it's so smart five out of five okay for rory (laughs) that's amazing and then how many at the end of the day i mean i'm sure you were absolutely exhausted and fried your brain was fried how many five stars did you have um he was my only five star oh he was your only oh my gosh wow he was my only five star okay but i did have a couple four and a half okay (laughs) i know matt was four and a half yes and um who else was a four and a half uh, and that's so crazy I know like what is wrong with me no I love that you had a ranking system because how else are you going to keep track I mean there's just no way were you taking notes during these speed dates I would have been <laughs> yeah we were but it was also so hard because like for me I feel like I'm not paying attention or I'm not actually concentrating That's a good on point. what they're saying or yep. how they're making me feel if I'm taking notes. So I would just, things that were really important to me, I would jot it down. He animals or, you know, likes to travel or something or vegan or whatever it is. I was really just going off of 
like my ranking system of how did they make me feel? How did I feel after this, you know, initial date? And that's what I actually did the whole the whole time, or well, up until through when it was getting less and it was easier, had more to go off of. After the first day, we had to cut our numbers, so we had to, you know, put in our top, and they would kind of arrange it. And if if you were on the top of theirs, and you know, they arranged the list of who you were going to see the next day, but off of the rankings you kind of gave each other. Okay. So the next day we only had eight dates. So seven people I, you know, had had talked to again. Wow. Was that hard? Did you feel like a little bit of a loss, like a loss of opportunity, or you felt like those people, they were not your match? Like you're pretty sure. I felt like I was sure that those people were my match. Yeah, I felt good about it. I was like they were nice, but I felt so strongly about these other people that I connected with Oh, good. that I didn't. I didn't be like, oh, you know, dang. <laughs> it was a lot dating that many people. I was, like, relieved. I was like, whoa, only eight dates today? Or, you know, who <laughs> That's so funny to hear. So with the speed dates, how far apart are these? Is it, like, back to back to back to back? Or do you have, like, a half an hour break between them? Um, that first day, they were – a lot of them were back to back, right? Like, maybe we did five back to back or four back to back and then we would take a break because they only had 10 pods and the first day there was 15 each so everyone kind of like had a time for break right and then like and then we all would take actual like meal breaks where everybody would break okay the girls all together the guys all together not obviously yes okay (laughs) that would make sense we always had family dinners together that was so special that's awesome. So you could just further your bond because you're all doing, you know, the exact same thing. I mean, I cannot imagine some of those conversations that you guys are having. They showed some of them, you know, but so much behind the scenes. I mean, is there anything that you can share with us that we didn't see that is uh, you're able to talk about? Oh, so much. Oh, my gosh. It, it was crazy for us, you know, the cast watching because a lot of us got together and we watched the show together when it came out and we were just so shocked when we saw how much of the pods they showed because they barely showed anything yes we spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and everybody right you don't even see me actually in a pod one time going for some candy that's it and I can't even tell you how many hours of my life I spent in the pods dating and had so many special moments everyone did mm. but of course you know they had to make 10 episodes and it's like you can't fit that content in all of it so they highlighted things that were important that went along with you know the, the storylines story, who got married and things like that honestly they had enough content that they could have done a hundred great episodes right like so much and especially too with like you were saying just on the girl side or just on the guy side because when we weren't dating I was with all the girls and I mean we became best friends all of us like Aww. we became so close it was like a sorority or like a summer camp you know it's like you're spending every waking moment with these people right. and we're already vulnerable and we're already opening up and we're talking about fears and we're talking about life goals and talking about family and religion and and all of these things and we became so close all of us. I think that's just such a natural thing to happen when, you know, you're all in the same boat, you're all dealing with the same situation and trying to mix, you know, sort out your feelings and probably everybody's kind of talking about what they're going through and the experiences. And I think that's great. You guys had each other. I'm glad they didn't separate you guys where you were alone being together. Did that really help kind of 
solidify the experience for you and just really understand what it does mean to you? Oh, for sure. I think of, it's crazy because like I, um, before our show came out, you know, the show, The Circle came out on Netflix as well. And I really felt for those people and I, I understood a lot of what they were going through because of my experience that I had, but they were by themselves, right? Like they were isolated in their apartments and they didn't have anybody to like physically interact with. So I, I don't know how they did this. They were probably really going stir crazy. It's kind of how we're all living right now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A little taste. Yeah. You're stuck with either like your dog or your boyfriend or your roommate, you know, like you don't see anybody else for like who knows how long. It was great to have that, right? Because I'm a person who naturally like processes what's going on in my life by talking to my family and friends. You know, I share everything with them Mm -hmm. and I kind of am like, you guys, this is what's going on. Like talk me through this. So not having my close family and friends to be able to call or interact with or ask, you know, it was great to have that, the bond with the girls so we could be there for each other. Because when we started really developing feelings for these men, you know, it was scary and it was confusing and you just wanted to like talk about it and you're like, okay, are you guys feeling how I'm feeling? Are you really thinking like you want to marry him? Because I'm feeling like I want to marry this guy and is that crazy because it's only been a couple of days. You know, is it possible to be falling in love with someone after this long? And it was great that we had each other because we really leaned on each other. Just keeping each other sane, right? You know? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's just, I cannot imagine what a surreal experience that would have been. So let's go back to, okay, so the first day is over, and then the second day you have seven dates. So that was probably a little more casual, although that's a lot of dates. Yeah, we. I believe that day we had like, I think the dates were a half an hour or 45 minutes. So it was like more amount of time. And it, it, was, it was good. It was refreshing. I think at that point, people weren't as nervous, and they were more comfortable as well. And they had just bonded with the guys, or, or the girls had bonded, and I think everyone just kind of got more relaxed and being like, okay, I really am here to just confess everything about my life. It took some adjusting. But the way that they have it set up, it just it really works. I was really open to the experiment. I was hoping I would find something out of this, but I wasn't expecting anything. And I honestly didn't think that I was going to fall in love with somebody. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, sure, okay, this is going to work in so many days. I don't think so. So I was truly shaking when I started to develop, you know, strong feelings for a couple of these guys just a few days in. It was pretty incredible. When people watch now, like so many things are like, these people are crazy. How can they say they love each other after this many days? Or how can they get engaged after this many days? But it's like, when have you ever actually sat down and like focused all of your time and energy into just one thing, right? Just like your whole heart into getting to know someone and that was it. You know, it's kind of like fast forwarding maybe even a whole year of dating because I told some of these guys things about my life that I actually never even told a lot of boyfriends that I had had in the past. You were in a whole different kind of vulnerable state. Yeah, definitely. Very, very different from anything you've ever been through before. Now, can you share with us who, I mean, besides Rory, so Rory was one of the ones that you were starting to fall in love with? Yeah. 
And then can you share who the other person was? It was Matt, Matt Thomas. And you see him in the very beginning of the show. He kind of actually, I think, opens it up. And he's a boxer, and him and I have a lot of things in common. It's actually kind of scary. I think he's like a mirror image of me, to be honest. We, We actually were neighbors for two years. And I never even knew. Like, oh, my never gosh. had crossed paths. Like, I'm talking across the street from each other. Like, never crossed paths. I never even, like, knew of him. And we've worked in the same industry. And we had the, some of the same friends. And we've even been in the same place at the same time. Wow. And we've never met. And I didn't even, like, know of him. It was just crazy. I'm like, how come our paths haven't crossed before, right? Yeah. And it almost kind of felt like fate, which was the weirdest thing. It was, like, all of these stars were lining up when I was in there and I was like wait you've done that like you've you've been there you know this person what especially when I found out he was my neighbor like I think both of us were a little blown away about that and that was in Atlanta or that was in a different city no it was in Atlanta oh my gosh we both lived right near Piedmont Park and where we lived it was like a four road intersection kind of and there was like I lived on one corner and he lived on the other corner what you're my neighbor it was pretty crazy it was really interesting because you know I was connecting with the other guys you know making really great friendships and bonds with them as well but honestly through the whole experiment I only truly felt those like romantic feelings for Matt and Rory and for me with Rory it was instant it was like this chemistry that I can't explain that we were just so drawn to each other and I, I felt like I could talk to him about anything and it just was so much fun and it clicked and it made sense because we had a very similar upbringing and we've gone through similar hardships in our life and experiences that kind of molded us into similar individuals, right? Like I'm naturally real an empath and I'm I'm the kind of the caregiver in my family and I'm kind of the one who always fixes the problems and I'm the party planner and I, you know, I love to always have get togethers and get all my friends together, my family together. And he's, he's the same way. So we bonded over that and we bonded over cooking and our love for animals and, and all these things. And he was the safe side of me. Right. Mm. And I'm also like really adventurous and I, travel solo often to all these like crazy countries you know I've spent months in India and you know I've gone to Cuba and I I go to Costa Rica often and I volunteer at an orphanage and I'm a scuba diver and you know I love to go like hiking and you know mountain climbing doing these crazy things that's the crazy adventurous side of me that most people don't get right like my family thinks I'm crazy (laughs) they don't trust anything I do oh it's awesome though yeah, it's like, in most people just don't get it, right? And I'm a yoga instructor, and, you know, I'm, I'm into all these natural healing things and very spiritual, and that literally, like, checked all those boxes. I was like, you do what? What? You've been, oh, you also go to Costa Rica? He used to live in Costa Rica. Just gotten back from Thailand, but right before the show, and he, he did this 10-day silent meditation retreat, and he also had spent time in Cuba and India, and he scuba dives, and he does yoga, and he's also volunteered, like, all over the place, and he even started a really big, you know, charity in Atlanta, and we had a lot of the same life goals. I've always felt like my purpose on the on this planet was to help people. Like, I like, that's my gift to the world. Like, I've, as I've gotten older, I've realized, like, how to utilize 
my skills that God gave me to be here, you know, like yeah. I've been put here to help people and I just want to help any way that I can. And I know Matt is the same, you know, and, but Rory is the same as well in that sense. And I think that's why I was drawn to the both of them. Cause those are huge, huge factors for me of finding someone I want to spend the rest of my life with someone who's honest and kind and, and humble and just wants to be a good person, you know, give mm-hmm. back to society which both of them, they really are. They're great. They're great guys. And, you know, the story gets weird, right? Because they were, like, best friends on the guy's side. Mm, that's yeah. hard. I mean, we have a whole story that wasn't even seen on the show. You know, we saw the, the love triangle with Barnett and Jessica and Amber and even Elsie was part of that. Meanwhile, we had our own love triangle going on that was, just as dramatic, stressful, and they were, like, best friends. They were both falling in love with me, and I had really strong feelings for the both of them. I can't even, like, explain, right? Like, I've never, I've never even, like, dated two people at once. I've never had feelings for two people at the same time. So, like, I'm truly going through this, like, internal, you know, turmoil. I'm like, okay, is this real? Like, uh, you know, and both of them were like painting a picture of a life that we could live together, and I'm in a whole nother space. Oh, my I'm heart like, is I don't breaking. Know what to do. That would be just so much, just being so torn. I mean, did you feel like I don't know if you watch, you know, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but did you feel like almost like a bachelorette with like your final two and just having to like just be so torn and not knowing who to go yes. to? Oh my oh. gosh, girl, that's how I felt the whole time. I just like I wasn't thinking clearly or, or maybe I was thinking so clearly you know it's it, it's just so hard it was in a position where I only had that to focus on and I was like oh my gosh this is a decision for the rest of my life I'm like this is the rest of my life this is the rest of my life and yeah. like oh, so what's the best decision right because I, I felt like they were two different sides of me and two different kinds of lives that I could live right like Rory was safe and Matt was risky Interesting. But he was a person that I could have, I always like dreamed of. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could ever find someone who's like me. No one's, no, I'm never going to find someone who's like me who really wants to do all these same things. But then I, that, that was Matt. And I'm like, this is, this is too good to be true. Like, you know, I'm thinking all these things in my head. I'm like, go with the safe choice. No, that going through this internal debate with myself the last couple of days, it was just like, through the process, Matt, he wasn't my number one in the beginning. He was my, he was my number two always. Mm-hmm. But Rory was always ahead up until about, you know, halfway through. And then I started to connect more with Matt. And we, I started to realize we had more in common. And we had a lot of the same views and lifestyles. And then after, you know, six days or so, that's when I just really was like, wow, I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It was it hard to sleep? Was this just like eating you up inside, just not knowing who? Yes, I didn't sleep. Oh, the whole experiment. I think I, I was getting about three hours of sleep every night. I was not oh, sleeping. my God. As a sleep coach, that hurts me. But I can't imagine. I mean, that is the biggest decision of your life. So you're about six days in, and then you know you have to decide. Is it a couple weeks? The whole total thing was a couple weeks, right? So okay. I, I still had time. I had some time, but... It was just, whew, it was getting hard, you know. <sighs> Man. 
and it wasn't like, and we weren't just dealing with our own decisions, right? Because everyone was going through this. You know, you saw it with Jessica, and you saw it with Amber, and actually half of the experiment, Jessica was my roommate. So every night we would stay up talking about, you know, what we were going through. And then the other half of the experiment, I was with Amber. She was my roommate. So towards the end for her, I mean, you know that was rough. We saw that. She was so in love with Matt, and, you know, Matt was confused. Matt was in a place where I was. So I I felt for Matt. I understood where Matt was. It was hard to make that decision because it's like you don't have enough time to even think through everything, and you've never experienced anything like that before. Right. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. Was there any alcohol, at least, to help you guys, like, calm down and, like, you know, be able to relax at all? I mean, I would need so much. We had... It's, I think every reality TV show has a fully stocked bar. They had a fully stocked bar for us with, honestly, everything. And if we needed anything special, they would get it for us. But it was, they were great. It was, they were like that about everything. You know, we all have dietary restrictions, and they would honestly go shopping for us and get us whatever we wanted. Aww. But I, like, told myself that the last thing I needed was alcohol. So, I mean, I definitely... <laughs> drank a little bit like there was a couple times that we were celebrating and we had like a glass of champagne or you know there's I'm like I wasn't totally not drinking but I I told myself that I wasn't going to be like drinking because I was stressed or drinking because I was upset you know so because a lot of people were you know and it's hard for a lot of people it's like and it's it's easy to just you know get caught up with having a free bar of whatever you want and then also those stressful times and you just kind of want to like relax. I was like, no, nah, but this is the last thing the world needs to see is me drunk. No. <laughs> oh, that's good. You kept a you kept a clear head, which is what you needed. So talk about those last few days then. What happened since we didn't get to see your story? We want to know what happened, you know, after it was just the, those final two guys. What did yeah. you, how did you decide or how, what, how did it all play out? There was a moment that I actually tried to leave. Oh, I wow. Leave. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm not even kidding. Um, it was really emotional for me. This was this was the only time I had a meltdown. And it was, I believe this was the day before we kind of had to make our last decision, right? And it was my brother and sister's birthday. They're twins. And I'm really close to my family. And I, you know, you know, we couldn't talk to our family when we were in there. You know, we knew that. We knew we weren't going to have our phones. We couldn't talk to anybody. But it was their birthday, and I've never missed one of their birthdays. And I almost, like, raised my brothers and sisters. You know, I'll, my parents, they went through some hardships. And I, like, dedicated a really big part of my life to my siblings. And I was just so sad that day because it was their birthday. And I think I was just overwhelmed with emotions from what was going on. And I literally was, like crying my eyes out and I told everybody that I was leaving I was like get me out of here I'm leaving oh no (laughs) I did I was like I can't do this I was like somebody's gonna get hurt I was like so emotional you don't even know I'm so I'm gonna hurt someone's feelings and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and they were like they had to basically like talk me down they were just like you're just upset because of you know this is a tough time and they were there and they talked me back like 
I was like, okay, you're right. I'm just being over dramatic. No, anybody would feel that way. Yeah, of course. No, no, you should not apologize. Anybody would have, I mean, I would have broken down probably like day two. So that's, um, I'm sure you were strong for a long time through that. And it was honestly my only time that I did. And I just remember being like, I'll just figure out life alone. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) So now it comes down to the last day. Um, I didn't know this until after, right? But apparently Matt and Rory had an agreement. And one night, I guess, Matt went to Rory's room. And they kind of discussed everything and was like, hey, you know, we're both team Danielle here. And we want Danielle to make the best decision for herself. And... Matt kind of put the idea out there, I guess, to Rory, how about neither one of us propose and we can all just settle this outside of the facility later on. Oh, you know? wow. And yeah, and, and apparently, and like I said, I found all this out later on after the fact, but, you know, apparently they agreed on it at the time, but... That concludes part one with Danielle from Love is Blind. You do not want to miss part two. It will be out very soon. You don't want to miss all the drama and craziness that ensues after that final day. The love triangle that keeps going. Oh my gosh, it's crazy, guys. You got to listen to part two. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe and stay cozy. Bye.